It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Got a very special guest on today on IFL TV, Alfie Best Jr. Making his debut on IFL. Uh, we're here in Knightsbridge at uh, your apartment. Um, yeah, Alfie, before we get into your story and yeah, your whole life, essentially, um, you are going to have a fight, I believe, in April. So talk to me about that. You've had two professional fights, but why is a man like you boxing? I love boxing. I've boxed uh, uh, more or less my whole life, on and off. Uh, it's a very, very big regret that I didn't you know, keep it consistent. But I'm going to try and keep it as consistent as I possibly can from now on. I'm training with Mark Tibbs, and he's one of very few that uh, uh, can can make me good enough uh, to go where I want to go. And I just love boxing. I've got such a passion for boxing. And it's an area of life which some people can't take away my credit for is, is a very big reason. Um, and I believe I'm, I'm, I'm good enough to uh, uh, go places or I'd love to see how far I could go. I'd rather live... Uh, um, listen, fear is temporary and regret is forever. And I don't want that regret. So, yeah, you've had two fights, two wins as well, I think. What your last fight was was more recent, but you had one in 2017. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so just talk to me about that gap um, that you had and, and the reasons behind it. To be honest with you, there there is no legitimate reason behind the gap. Um, just apart from work got in the way, which I didn't believe that I could go the distance with boxing, but as I've got older, I now believe I could. I was very young at the time, and I think I may have been a little bit too young to turn over at 19. Um, like, I, f- I felt like a different man in my second fight. Um, like, I was, I-, I believe I'm an extremely good boxer. Um, but that in, in reality, there is no legitimate reason. There was, it wasn't due to any injuries or anything like that. That My second fight, I got a perforated eardrum. Uh, not in the fight afterwards, sparring, which uh, uh, put me off quite a little bit. But this time, like I say, if I don't make it a go of it this year and keep it consistent, then it's pointless me doing. I'm very privileged to have Mark Tibbs training me. And if anyone's going to get me to where I need to go, it's him and the team he's got around him, i.e. his dad and everybody he's got with him. Alfie, you clearly don't need to box in terms of a, a financial aspect. Um, a lot of fighters, the reason they do fight, obviously they've got that primal instinct and it's something they love. 
and they want to leave a legacy behind. But a huge chunk of that reason is money as well, financial um, reasons. You don't need to do that. Um, but you just made a, a statement earlier on saying, well, alluding to the fact about um, regret, failure. And um, from what you're telling me, you'd rather fail. Obviously, that's not your aim, but you'd rather fail, but at least you tr you've tried rather than not giving it a go and sort of being in doubt for the rest of your life. That would hurt more. I don't want to be one of these people sat on the armchair saying I could have, should have, would have. I'd rather be the person that said, I tried and didn't get to where I need to go. But like I've just explained to you, that's not my intentions whatsoever. My intentions is to be as good as I possibly can and see, see how far I can actually go, which I believe I can go far. If I didn't have that belief, I definitely wouldn't be wasting my time and I wouldn't be wasting the people around me time. And the thing is, I'm not doing it for any financial gain whatsoever. If financial gain comes, then I'd only be a fool to say that I'd turn it down because I wouldn't. I would take every benefit that comes with it. But um, what I said was, I said, uh, fear is temporary, regret is forever. And, you know, I'd, like I said, I don't, I don't want to be that person that said I could have, should have, would have. I'd like to try and, and, and not succeed, which I don't believe that's going to be the case. I'm going to take it as far as I possibly can. And also, a lot of people could say, yes, I don't need to box. I don't need the money. But... There's a flip side to that coin, and the flip side to that coin is I don't have the added pressure of fighting for money. I fight because I love the sport and I want to see how far I can go. I know at the uh, Tibbs' gym you've got some top um, up-and-coming fighters. You like John Edges, Johnny Fisher, Tommy Fletcher. How have you found being in that environment? I'm guessing it was fairly comfortable for you because boxing has been a part of your life since a young kid but how have you found that and and what's Mark saying about how you're developing under him? Uh, we're at very early stages at the moment uh, he's just tweaking me and moving me in in the best way he sees that's right uh, as for training with Johnny Fisher I used to train with Johnny as a little boy and I also used to go to school with him uh, right in the amateurs even before we was even amateurs and John Edges I've known for for a considerable amount of time and also we've got Tommy Fletcher in there Ebony Bridges world champion um, and it's great I'm around monsters you know people that are aiming to go to the top i.e. have got the same intentions that I have and obviously it's a very good atmosphere and it's a good environment to be in uh, to get to where I want to go. I couldn't ask to be in a better place. As I said before, there's only a small amount of places or, or, or a small amount of gyms that could get me to where I need to go because, like I say, I am 25 years old. Okay, in some eyes, that's, that's young. To me, that's quite old because my next fight is going to be more or less like my debut. Okay, yes, I've had two before, but there's been such a, a gap in between them. You know, uh, for most fighters, I don't know about... For me, I don't know about most fighters. But for me, you don't remember much of a fight when you're in it. You know, even when you step first out of the ring, when you watch it back, it seems like everything... Not, not seems a blur, but you like I say, you like you remember very small parts for some reason. I don't know if that's because of adrenaline. And it might just be me, but that's how I see it. I mean, all through the amateurs, all through uh, the, the two professional fights that I've had, like... Me personally, obviously I watch the videos back, but I can't remember a lot of them. So like I say, it'd be like, uh, it'd be like starting fresh. And if I don't go for it this year and put my heart and soul into it, this is not a sport that you can play at. And I'm sure anybody will tell you that. If you want to take it mildly, it will show on fight night. And that's not what I want to, that's not what I want to do. I want to give it my heart and soul and see how far I can go.
Well, yeah, you're in camp now um, for a date in April. Have you got something locked in? Yeah, as it stands at the moment, I'm supposed to be boxing on the 22nd of April, as far as I'm aware. Um, if it's not the 22nd of April, it'll be very near and around that sort of time to get me right fit and ready, which um, I wouldn't say I'm ready to jump in the ring right now. Fitness-wise, I'd say I'm there. I'm, uh, I'm but, you know, it depends whose scale you want to talk about. Like, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, on my scale, I'd say I'm a 10 fitness-wise. But in ability, I think Mark's got uh, uh, a little bit more to do with me. Um, and I'll still keep learning and progressing all through my career. And, and the best way to learn is in the ring. I believe in learning on the job. Clearly, from your life, uh, looking at it from the outside, whatever you've done, you've gone right to the top. Is the ambition... The same within boxing, and there are a lot of people going to be watching this who know you think, sort of laugh it off. Uh, if you're looking to get to the top, you will get that. Uh, with fame comes haters. But, yeah, are you looking to achieve massive things and go right to the top, Alfie? My intentions are to achieve massive things. I wouldn't do it to play and just to say that I was a boxer for the title to be a boxer. That's not what I'm interested in whatsoever. Um, anybody can say what they like and, and I, there's always going to be armchair critics whether I made it to the top or whether I didn't. And I understand that. That's, I'm sure, the same as in any sport. It's very easy to sit on an armchair or, or sit behind a computer screen and air your opinion which in, in reality it doesn't affect me unless it's someone that's close to me and I'd hope that that doesn't happen. Fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll come back on to uh, boxing and you can talk about it through, throughout this really and how it relates to your life. But I want to get an insight into your background. So the general questions, where you were brought up, um, what you used to do as a kid, how school went, etc. If you just want to summarise uh, Alfie Best as a child. Well, as a kid, I was born in East London, lived in East London all my life, at Romford, Essex. I was uh, more or less brought up in. I went to school at Gideon Park, which is actually the same school as Johnny Fisher. He was a couple of years below me, but as you can see, he's a giant now. There was always that size difference between me and him, even when he was uh, even when he was younger. But yeah, so I was uh, East London and Romford is what I was brought up in. And then we moved over to Potter's Bar. I went to school in, in a school called Cuffley. And that was when my amateur boxing career started and I boxed at uh, Cheson Amateur Boxing Club for four or five years. Um, but all throughout this, I was always working and, and, and doing my thing. And it's actually extremely hard to work and go to the gym because going to the gym and training extremely hard knocks the stuffing right out of you, even as an amateur. But as the amateurs, the amateurs, I actually enjoyed less than I do the pro training because my dad took it extremely seriously and I think he forgot that we were still children. What was your first memory um, of doing business? Um, could be small, could be big, but as a child, what was your first business memory of? Um, I don't really have a first business memory. I can remember what I first started doing, which I first started buying and selling sweets in school. Uh, and then I come out of school and started selling industrial equipments, uh, high-vis vests, um, work gloves, floor paint, which was on my big fat gypsy wedding and my big fat gypsy Christmas. It's, 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 you know, it, it was documented, actually, should I say. Uh, and I was, I was very young uh, when I'd done it. I've done Christmas trees. I've covered a, a lot of ground where business is concerned because, once again, I love to try these things and, and see how I get on, which most of these things was, was a success. And realistically, what made me and what put me on the map and what really put me on my own two feet was I started hosting travellers' events. And 
for anybody that knows or anybody that's followed my story before, I bought a nightclub when I was 16. And to be able to fund that come via doing travellers events, which if you want me to explain more into travellers events, what it is, is that travellers are not really wanted, especially not in a big number of groups. Um, you know, it's, it's changing a little bit now, but still, as, as a rule, they're not really wanted in most venues, especially not as a big group. You know, they're the first culture, should I say, to get turned away from a venue. So when there was an event on um, that all the travellers could go to and was guaranteed to get in, they used to be very successful and they was very successful for me. And um, when I bought the nightclub, I actually wanted to run it as a normal club and not just host travellers' events there, uh, which it didn't work. I was stood in the nightclub by myself. This nightclub was in Hoddesdon, by the way. I called it Alfie's. Once again, it's documented. If you, if you do your research online, a, a lot will come up about it. Um, but it was actually a travellers' party which saved me from hemorrhaging all my money because I would have been running at a loss if I didn't host this one night, which happened to be a travellers' party. Which, and I also tried everything... During, I put Dappy in there, Fuse ODG, uh, Reggie Yates as a DJ, and, and, a, and a, a couple of other big names, which I think every time I opened the doors, I actually lost money until that event, which managed to bring it back around. Would you say that night was the turning point in your life? Is that a big statement to make? I wouldn't say it was... Well, it helped me out a lot. It definitely did, because if I didn't have that night, I would have lost... A substantial amount of money what I've been earning my whole life because I invested a lot of money into that nightclub and on top of investing the money into the nightclub it was costing me money to open the door because I wasn't earning money and if a business is not earning money it's costing money and that was a prime example. More in terms of your childhood growing up as the son of a millionaire I'm, I'm guessing at the time and quite comfortably the richest traveller in the world uh, your dad how was that as an experience for you? Well, I have to be very grateful for that, um, which is probably the most uh, uh, modest and humble thing that I can possibly say. I'm a very proud son. Um, I couldn't ask for a better dad. I wouldn't want to change him, not for the world. Um, he's helped me out an awful lot, and not financially, just with the advice that he gives and the contacts that he's made and shared with me has uh, helped me an awful lot uh, all throughout my life. And... Um, you know, he still does. He's always there to, to give me the, whether it's the right or the wrong advice, I'm quite sure the advice he gives me is what he would do. Um, but yeah, it, like I say, it's just uh, the, the only thing I can say is it's a privilege. And, and people look at that and think, oh, because of financial gain. Well, it's not just financial gain because I haven't financially earned anything off him. Like he doesn't put his hand in his pocket and give me money, which to be honest with you, when I was younger, I used to like, Oh, why can't you just make life easy for me? Because you can. But now I'm older, I appreciate that he didn't so much more. Yeah, I completely hear you on that. Um, you've always had that business spirit, if you like, clearly. I know you're only selling sweets at school, but you're a child. You're thinking about money and how to, how to make money in the best way. So you've had that spirit from, from young. There's not many 16-year-olds who can say they've uh, owned a nightclub at that age. Um, so let me ask you about how that's led you to the point you're at today and what your current business is now, Alf. Well, I've got two mobile home parks. After I sold the club, I bought my first mobile home park, which is in Craze Hill in Basildon in Essex. Um, I bought another one about two years following from that 
And in between this, there was always business I tried to start. Some have failed and some was a, a massive success. I try to make everything a success, but I, I believe anything you try and you learn from, you've got to take the positives from, which are lessons. Because sometimes that's the only thing you can take from it. Like you probably come with uh, some losses also, but again, if you don't learn from it, then you've come with no benefit whatsoever. And then when I go into another business, I'm coming off the back of experience. Um, I also buy and sell watches now. Um, I have an office in Hatton Garden, which had started in 2020 in the lockdown because what happened was uh, that, that actually that was when they went through the roof. And I thought uh, it caught my eye and I thought what a brilliant business to get into uh, and something that I could do. I buy and sell tickets for events, i.e. boxing events, um, boxing concerts, you know, just normal, normal tickets, F1 globally. Um, which once again, it's, it's a good business for me. I'm very well connected. I know a lot of people and, you know, everybody has to go to an event or wants to go to an event at some stage. And the thing is, with tickets is that I think I'm booking something in an advance a month beforehand. Well, when it comes down to some events, you know, a month beforehand ain't good enough. And a lot of people are happy to pay a premium, as I would be, to get to that event, you know, to leave it last minute. Because it's, it's hard to think that you're going somewhere a month or two months in advance. You'd rather maybe give the, the 100 or 200 pounds extra two or three days before to know you're definitely going. Um, uh and as it stands at the moment, that's all I do. Just want to pick up about the uh, sort of business you do at Hatton Garden and watches, um, because it's a market that's always interested me. Um, but I want you, I want you to give an example of perhaps I've heard you say recently that it's actually a good time to buy watches now. So give me an example of a watch that you would recommend people to buy, and why is it a, a good time to buy right now? Well, considering where the prices of watch was maybe nine to 12 months ago and the price they're at now, like, for example, there was a, uh, an Olive Day Date, which is, is quite a recognised watch. I'm sure a lot of people know what it is, which is an anniversary Day Date, rose gold, was making, well, I've paid for them £65,000 and they've dropped now to 43. When they was at 65, people was running to buy them. So I'm quite confident that they are going to go back up because the market goes up, it goes down, the market goes up and it goes down. I don't think, as far as I'm aware, that it went up as much as it just has within 2020 and 2021. But that's why I'd say now's a good time to buy because, you know, if, if, if people was running to buy it when it was 65 and now they're at 45, then it, to me it sounds like a no-brainer, but you can never tell with any of these markets. And just quickly, if you was looking to buy a watch, sports pieces are, are, you know, there's a lot more people out there that have got £20,000 to spend on a watch than, say, £100,000 to sell on a watch. So if you was buying a watch for yourself, my advice would be to buy a sports piece, i.e. a Batman, a, a discontinued Hulk's always been a good watch, done extremely well. And I do believe they're going to go up in value. I do believe that, you know, that nothing's for certain, nothing at all is guaranteed in this life. But I do believe that they, that they are going to go back up. Now, Alfie, um, you don't have to fully answer these questions if you want, because they're a little bit personal. Um, but if you want to open up and give us a bit more insight about your businesses right now and how much they're turning over, then feel free to answer. So I'm just going to point blank ask you, how much do you think you're worth right now and how much you make on average per year? 
To be honest with you, it is quite a personal question, but I will answer it the best I can. I'm in the Sunday Times Rich List, I think 86, under 30s Sunday Times Rich List at 86, and they've put me down in there for 10 million, and I think that'd be there or thereabouts. I've got some borrowings from the bank, but like I said, I think that'd be there or thereabouts. Okay. I read somewhere um, in a report that your dad's worth around 740 million pounds. Do you think that's accurate? I think it's 100% accurate. Um, I'm more confident that he actually has a net worth of a billion. Like, he doesn't just say that lightly. Like, um, but yeah, I, w I, would, I would say it's accurate. I would say it's accurate. He's just, he's worked very hard his whole life, you know? I think 99% of sons, if they could say their dad was worth a billion, forget a billion, even, <laughs> even 20 million, if that was their net worth, they probably wouldn't have the, the desire to drive the hunger that you have. From, from the outside looking in, it looks like your dad's skint the way you work and what you want to achieve. So I guess the burning question a lot of people would think is why are you doing this? You don't have to. A lot of people have asked me this question, I'm sure, as, as a lot of people have seen, such as yourself. And no, I don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything in this life. But the thing is, I'm measuring myself up against my father, I think that's a, a, a very valid way to measure yourself is up against our dads. Um. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I want to do better than he has. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to be the weak link in the chain. I want to take, the, I want to take my business and his businesses to the next level. Now, listen, it's not a horrible thing to say. It's only a fact. He's not going to be around forever. Neither am I. Neither are you. And hopefully not any time soon. But when the day comes, I don't want him turning in his grave and I don't want to make my sons not proud. I want to take it to the next level. I'm in, I'm in a great position to be able to... to well, the, the sky is the limit for me. And I'm in a, a lot better position than most. And that gives me the, every bit of desire that I need. It's, it's, it's not an easy question for me to answer. All I can answer it with is I get up and I do it. It's just there. It's just in me. I'd say it's also as much in the breeding. When's enough for you? And are you doing this to overtake your dad? And is that the end goal? Is there another goal or target that you want to reach? When's enough for you as well? I don't think it will. I don't think it will ever be enough. I think it's, uh, um, 
it's like a, an itch that can't be scratched for me. And I think that that is like a, a genetic thing. I think my dad suffers with it uh, uh, as well and it got passed on to me. Um, like I, I believe I will be content. I, I believe I'll be happy, but I don't, I don't believe I'll be content. And uh, I was on a podcast once and I was always asked that question, what do you believe happy and never content is? And I always get a little bit tongue-tied when, when I get asked that question, but I do believe that I will be happy, but never content with what I've got because, you know, there's always another goal. There's always further, more you can achieve. You know, this isn't, life isn't boxing. As much as I love boxing, it's not boxing. There's only so much you can accomplish in a boxing ring. In life, there's numerous amounts of areas that you can cover. I want to talk to you about your network because I've heard you um, speak about that a lot and you said that's a huge key um, for your success in making money. Um, so talk to me about your current network, what that looks like, and perhaps some advice for people who maybe haven't got a strong network um, and how they can build one and, and use that as a tool to become rich. <clears throat> I was very privileged... Um to be Alfie Best and be who I am, that helped build the network that I've got. Uh, my work ethic also helps me build my network and the benefits that I come with also helps me uh, uh, connect to people because I come with, with, with benefits and there's, there's no getting around it. It's not that I'm not being humble, it's a fact. Um, you know, I, I can help people in areas that maybe they haven't got other people around them that can help. And, and I look for people that can also help me. And I believe this life is, is, is about helping people where you can. And, and listen, sometimes you can't, but if you can, it's best to try because it's a long life. Um, and my advice would be I, to, to find network and, and like, you know, you need to have something to bring to the table. And I'd say that that would make it a, a lot easier to, to uh, build a network because in reality, uh, if you bring nothing to the table, then, you know, as, as horrible as this sounds, then you, you have no use. And then why would people want to connect with you? Um, now, that could sound like very harsh, but it's the truth. Some things are, are just best said how they are. And I think that, that that's pretty much it, you know. Um, but my advice would be, if you sit around five idiots, you will become the sixth. If you sit around six millionaires, you will become the sixth. But it's a hard question for me to answer or give advice on because making a network depends on where you are and the position you are in life, I would believe. What is it about the travelling community and money? Because through boxing, I've met plenty of travellers. Um, and of course, like in all walks of life, there are successful people and unsuccessful people. But <laughs> I've met a lot of travellers who are doing very well financially. What do you think it's about you know, when, when it comes to travellers and making money and that desire, that hunger to go out and get money? It's a, they're very entrepreneurial race of people, which 90% of them have a natural installed work ethic, which, you know, when you've got that drive, it's like a boxer having heart. If you've got that, you're halfway there. And I think that's, that's what it boils down to. It's a very difficult question to answer. You know, they, they love money, such as me. You know, some people don't. Some people, you know, that's not what they believe life's all about. And they're extremely good savers. Um, but in, 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 I, I don't really know how to answer that question. The answer I've just given you is, is, is the only way I could possibly answer it. Apart from that, I don't really know. 
with all this wealth, someone might look at you and think you live the most luxurious life. I don't know, you might do. Um, in terms of private jets, living that, if you like, Instagram life. Um, so what does an average day look like for Alfie Best Jr.? And do you live that life? And, and how do you view Instagram and everything that you <laughs> see on it? Um, because I know it's a tool that you use, but I'm sure there's parts of your life that you don't post about. Um, so, yeah, if you want to talk, talk to me about that. Instagram's a very powerful tool, and I use it. I only post what I want people to see, as I believe a lot of other people do. Um, but I live a relatively good life, um, but cost-effectively. I do not just go and waste money hand over fist. Um, you know, I believe in spending a little, saving a little. It also, you know, the good life does give me ambition and drive because if I don't go out and earn it, I don't get it. And it's harder for me again because I'm expected to be in the best places. I'm expected to be in the best clothes because of who I am. And like I say, Instagram is an awfully good networking tool and the better you seem to be living, the more people want to connect to you, to be honest. So I try and use it to the best of my advantage and a day-to-day -day life for me, as of today would be, I would be getting up, I'd be going to the gym at Mark Tibbs's, I'll be coming back whatever time that may be, whatever time he wants to put me in there, I'm solely at his disposal, whatever time he tells me he wants me there, I will be there because I appreciate and I understand that he is of benefit to me more than I am him. So if he tells me to be there at 10 o'clock, I'll be there at 10 o'clock. Like, I'm a realist. I see things how they are. I'm privileged to have such a trainer. Um, but the day-to-day -day life would be I'd get up, I'd go to the gym, I'd come out of the gym, head straight into Hatton Garden. If I've got time, I'll have a shower. Uh, if there's anything I need to do in between or over, uh, over near the Essex area where the gym would be, I'll try and cover that ground, you know, but uh, uh, most of my work, is in London, uh, uh, Central. Um, and then whatever I've got to do, I'll crack on and do. If I've got any watches to buy or I've got any deals, because as it stands at the moment, which I don't want it to be like this my whole life, I am solely the business, which if I'm not working, it doesn't make money. You know, which isn't a bad thing, but to make... Uh, um, to make... To, you need to be making money while you sleep to really hit the millions and the, the, the 10 millions, you know, like, you know, there's only so much I can do and only so much ground I can cover. You need people paying you money for doing nothing, which i.e. would be property. And that is my goal. And that's what I try to get as much money as I can for to invest in. And that's where I'm looking to achieve. Now, I wouldn't just let my businesses all go downhill. But if I'm not running them, if I'm not pushing them and I'm not promoting them, then they don't work. Um, but yeah, that, that for me, my advice would be to anybody that, you know, if you want to earn extreme money like, or a substantial amount of money, you need to get into uh, property or some, it could be a restaurant or a business, but the problem is they are very chancy. They're not guaranteed. Like property for me is the most safest and, and, and like it, it's a formula that seems to have worked for a lot of people. It's the safest place to put your money and something I understand. Always helps. Uh, let me add to my last question because I did ask you uh, about your average day and you talked about literally work and going to the gym. So what do you do to switch off? What does Alfie Best do to enjoy his life? I'm trying to get into that aspect of things. Holidays, really, that's what uh, uh, takes my fancy. I like to eat out a lot. 
But apart from that, at the moment, I'm sure you're well aware, recently I've reverted to Islam, which has helped me in all areas of my life, i.e. going out and stopping drinking, which is not good for a boxer's lifestyle, nor is it for someone that wants to has a, a, a big destination of where they want to go in, in, in their life. Uh, I think that, you know, if you go out and you get drunk, it puts me in bed for two or three days, and I don't think that's good for, for, for anybody if they want to succeed. Um, now, you, there's a flip side of that coin also, because it's also good networking. You never know who you're going to see out having a drink. And, and, and But for me, I just don't think it's the way forward for me. I can't cope with the hangovers, the, the, the anxiety, and I'm sure that there's depression that comes with it that I don't want. Now, I, I, I've been there. I've done that. I've wore the T-shirt. It's not really for me. But, you know, to go out, to have some nice food, some nice holiday uh, destinations is always good for me. Um, but and, and I don't switch off. Even if I was away, like, you know, the, thankfully we're in an age of technology where it Technology is a very big thing and can help you. It helps me in every area of my business. I can do more or less whatever business I can from my phone. Like tickets are digital now. I haven't got to meet anybody with any hard copy tickets. They can just be emailed or via a, a, an app. Um, and, I, and I don't switch off. Look, people work from nine to five. If someone's looking to buy tickets or a watch, most people are working nine to five. They want to message me after hours. Think of the people you're eliminating if you're not active from five to nine. So in reality, things get quiet, things are, are, are get a little bit slower for me, and yeah, I do try and switch off, but my phone's always on 24-7, 365. If there's a deal to be made, I'll try and do it. You've brought up religion, so I do want to come on to um, you reverting to, to Islam, but just before that, uh, I take it you grew up as a Christian, so talk to me about that and how much of a role, if any, Christianity played um, in Alfie's life uh, before? Um, it, it didn't really. I wasn't religious at all before I reverted to Islam. Not, not really at all. I always believed in God or that there was a God. It's, it's an endless conversation that could go on forever. But, you know, it's very clear for the naked eye to see that there is a God or there is a higher power, which is God. Um, but my family's not religious. I wasn't religious until un, until I found Islam, which before I found Islam, I wasn't in a bad, I wasn't in a dark place. I wasn't a bad person. But I was on a podcast with my dad the other day and I actually looked at him and I said, Dad, do you think it's made me a better person? And he said, no, I think it's enhanced you as a person, which I think was a brilliant way of explaining it because... My intentions was always good, but now they're better. I have like a, a conscience that kicks in and tries to make me a better person. And my, my intentions are 100% and I'm, I'm very grateful that I found it. And it's helped me in all areas of my life through getting up in the morning. Uh, like praying Fajr for me is an extremely good feeling, like a beautiful, natural feeling that, that is very difficult for me to explain. But I'm sure there's a lot of Muslims out there what would be able to agree with me. Boxing um, has been a part of your life um, since you've grown up. Um, so there have been, of course, many multiple high-profile fighters who, if you like, reverted to Islam, just to mention a couple, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. Do you think there might not be? Do you think there is a correlation, a link between boxing and the faith of Islam? I don't know about a link, but... How I would explain it, like I just said, it has helped me in all areas of my life. And I'm sure, 
I haven't gone further enough in. I haven't. I haven't had any fights as a, 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 a as a Muslim. But to get in the ring and think that you've got God on your side and pray Fajr that morning and pray all throughout the day, I'm sure it would give you a sense of peace getting into the ring. And I'm sure a, a lot of fighters suffer with nerves. And if there's anything to battle that, just knowing that you have God in the ring with you is a beautiful thing. I'm quite sure, and that's my theory, that it would help. Now, I'm not saying that any fighter would need that, or, or, or but... I'm sure it would help. Like I say, it's helped me in all areas of my life and I can't see why it wouldn't help with boxing and outside of boxing and training. And, you know, it's a clean life which gives you or, or tries to give you good intentions. That's what it's all about. It's your, it's your intentions what matter. That's what I'm led to believe. Just want to get your thoughts on this. You might find this interesting. When um, Ali lost to Ken Norton, he said afterwards, he said he wasn't making any excuses, but he believes the reason that he lost that fight was because he wasn't living up to his religious commitments. Um, so, yeah, I just want to get your reaction to, it, to that. Do you think there's, there's anything in that? Um, it's a hard question for me to answer that, um, but I'm sure it could have something to do with it. You know, when somebody has strong beliefs, such as I do now with God, I'm sure... Like I say, your conscience would kick in and I'm sure it would play a, a big part. Now, a lot of the questions that I get asked and what you're asking, I'm not the best person to answer those questions. I'm only a student, but I'm a very good student in the religion and I'm willing to learn and wanting to learn always. And I'm still learning. I'm very young in, in, in the religion and I'm trying my best. My intentions are 100% to learn and be the best person and the best Muslim I possibly can. But yeah, I do understand where he's coming from because when you take up something like that, you have a found conscience that you didn't know you had before. So I think that's why maybe he would have thought that when he got out of the ring. Like I'm sure it would be the first thing that you possibly thought right before I reverted to Islam. When I went running before a boxing fight, I wouldn't run over three drains because obviously superstition. I wouldn't want to do nothing superstitious. If I wasn't in a training camp, it wouldn't bother me not one bit. But I'm sure it has, you know, it's, it's kind of parallel. Do you understand where I'm coming from? I totally get you. So how did this um, occur? How did you revert to Islam? What triggered it? And um, when you read the Quran um, and studied about Islam, what made you think it's the way forward and, and it's right for you? Well, to be honest with you, I walked into a mosque and I felt a feeling in that mosque that I've never felt in any earthly place at all, in any environment. And after I felt that, it's obviously going to make any human being think this is worth looking into. And I've always been very interested in the religion. They're a very entrepreneurial uh, uh, culture and race of people. And I'm very compatible with a lot of Muslims before, and I was very interested in it. Before that, I, I've got a, a friend who I sat down and opened, a, opened his fast with uh, on Eid uh, in Ramadan. And I even said then, like, this, this interests me a lot. And for me, I'm just so compatible with, with, with what's in the Quran, and I, I've never read a book from start to finish in my life, apart from Biff and Chip, if you know who they are. Boy, you're in primary school. Never from start to finish. I've read that book twice now in, into my third time. Uh, and I actually read it twice before I reverted because I wanted to understand it. And all growing up, I've watched a lot of the religious, religious cartoons, like the DreamWorks ones. So it's a lot easier for me to understand, i.e. because I watched the films. Um, 
And like I say, I'm just very compatible with what's in the book. I like, I've, I've never had such a beautiful welcoming, but what drawn me to it was how it tries to make you a better person. Well, it hasn't tried to make, it has made me a better person, I believe. And the only regret I have with the religion is I didn't find it sooner. And I would like to try and open people's eyes that, 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 that look down upon it when it is really a beautiful thing. Now, it's a, it's a simple and it's a beautiful religion. And for me, to answer a lot of these questions, I'm the wrong person to be asking because, like I say, I'm a student in the religion. But I'm a good student because I'm willing to learn and I want to learn and I enjoy learning. And I wouldn't chuck it upon anybody. The way I look at it as, you know, I know what's good for me. And I'm 90% sure it would be good for you. But you live your life however you want. I do not want to force any anything upon anyone. But I know it, it's good It's good for me. And I, like I say, I feel so much better for doing it. I feel like a better person. And it's, a, it's like a conscience that I never had. And, and, and to have a relationship with God is just such a beautiful thing, which I never had, which is free. And a lot of people take for granted, which I was taking a lot of stuff for granted. And now... Every day I wake up, I'm just so happy that I've got air in my lungs, my family's healthy, and I've got food on the table to eat. And before, you don't quite think like that. To your knowledge, are you the only travelling man who is a Muslim? Difficult, I know, to answer. Uh, but, yeah, to your knowledge. And also, amongst the travelling community and your close friends and family, what was the reaction when you told them that you're a Muslim now? My family, I told before I was going to take my shahada because, like I say, I, st I read the book before. I didn't just jump in head first. I'd done as, as much research as I possibly could before I thought that it was the right decision. Now, I 50% made my mind up from the feeling that I got when I walked into the mosque. Um, and as for my family, I told them beforehand, and it still come as a little bit of a shock to them because... The unknown is what's scary, and they didn't understand where it come out of because like most people look and think, oh, he's in a dark place, oh, something must not be going right to turn to religion. Well, I can honestly say that that definitely wasn't the case. My life was going perfectly good before. And as my dad said, it's just enhanced me as a person. And I think any religion, I don't know, I, don't know, I think all religions are, are good things and to give people guidance and to put you on the straight and narrow, and it's... It's, it's, it's hard to say. I just believe that Islam is the way forward and it's the right way. And for me, they seem to be the most religious and God-fearing people, if you like. And, um, you know, it feels right and, and, and perfect for me. And I feel like I fit in like a glove. Are you the only one? Do I believe I'm the as As far as I'm aware, yeah. Nobody's put their self forward as, as far as I'm aware. You said that the uh, Muslim community is very business-minded. Um, we've seen over the last 10, 20 years, the Middle East is booming. Do you think that's the reason why? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Well, it's a very good community of people, a very strong community, which all stick together, and I believe that has helped. It's, it's, it, it, goes without, it goes without saying... Um, uh, I, I believe that that has helped. Like I say, the community and the people they surround themselves with, on all the same journey, that are all uh, uh, like I say, I've got a beautiful relationship with God. You know what are you ask, what you ask for of God, God grants. You know, but it's it's again, it's a hard question for me to answer because I, I don't know. Again, um, you know, I'm sure they they got wealth and abundance through oil. Uh, a lot of the Middle East, I'm led to believe, um, but. You know, wealth can be squandered. Like I say, they're an entrepreneurial race of people and they seem to all want to get on in the world and I get on with all of them, you know. And, and like I say, it's, 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 just, it's just a beautiful religion and I'm so happy that I found it. Well, aside from oil, uh, tourism is something the Middle East is clearly trying to push and use as a, as a form of bringing in revenue. And bringing this back to boxing, we've seen really the mega fights and it seems going forward the mega fights are going to go to the Middle East i.e. Saudi Arabia, Dubai, uh, Qatar's just had the, the World Cup of course but I'm sure they'll have a keen eye on boxing as well. What are your thoughts as a, as a boxing fan? We're obviously used to the major fights being in, in Vegas, in New York, obviously some here as well in the UK but it looks like the Middle East is going to become the new hub of boxing. Um, your thoughts on that? Um, I've never really thought too much into it. I always knew that they was going to try and be the best. You know, they're very extreme, aren't they? Um, you know, they try to push to be the best. I love Dubai. I think Dubai is a beautiful place. Look what they've done with it for, throughout the years. It's 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 amazing. And um, I've I spent the, the last few holidays I've been have been in Dubai. There's everything there, everything you can possibly dream of. Uh, I haven't been to Saudi. I'm due to go because I want to go and do my Umrah. Um, but I haven't really thought too much into it. it. It just never come at no surprise for me. They've got wealth in abundance, and and for me to to attract tourism, and and uh, and like you know, you go to a you go to a holiday destination once, and you like it, and and a fight or a sporting event is something to bring you there when you wouldn't really go, because usually uh, we're uh, humans are creatures of habit, and we usually go to where we know and what we like. But if there's an event then it obviously brings a lot of tourism. And then following on from that tourism, you would probably want to go back for having such good fond memories. Well, talking about events, uh, due to fly out next week to Saudi Arabia for Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. So I'd like to get your prediction for that and what you think about Jake Paul within the sport. I don't think Jake Paul's bad for the sport at all. I think it's brilliant. I don't blame anybody for trying to earn money in, in, in any area they can um, I believe Tommy Fury's going to win very comfortably I'd like to say that he's going to knock him out yeah but still I think that Tommy Fury is going to win but I don't think that Jake Paul's going to be as big as pushover as what everybody's saying because I've said 
previously, Jake Paul is going to have the best people around him and there's going to be people fighting to get in Jake's corner because it's such a big fight. This fight's been bigger than some world title. Some world title fights go under the radar. Nobody even hears of them. The whole world know about this fight. Um, and like I say, he's going to have the best people around him. He's got money in abundance. Money's not an issue for him to pay for the best nutritionists, best trainers, and anybody he needs around him to make the fight easier or, or prepare him for the fight. Now, Tommy Fury comes from a fighting background. He's got Tyson Fury in his corner or, or, or behind him. Who better would you want than Tyson Fury, the heavyweight world champion? I think uh, the, the best thing since Muhammad Ali. I think in, in generations to come, it's going to be arguably who was better. Because as it stands at the moment, there's not anybody that's ever even put a match up to him. I think the first fight with, with Deontay Wilder, I think he won comfortably. Um, but yeah, I do, I do believe that Tommy Fury is going to win. And I don't think it's a bad thing for boxing. The reason I don't think it's a bad thing for boxing is that it's attracting fans that maybe wouldn't be interested in boxing. So it's bringing a new fan base, if you like, to, uh, to boxing. And, and the same goes for Tommy Fury. But Tommy Fury was a boxer before. And, and he still is, but, you know, I, I'm sure he attracted a, a fan base that he wouldn't have had via Love Island and brought that to boxing. So why would, why would that be a bad thing? And, and, and boxing, again, like you said earlier on, a lot of it has got to do with money. So why would you blame anybody for trying, trying to earn money out of whatever fights they possibly could have? You mentioned his older brother there. I do want to talk to you about Tyson Fury because I know you attended his fight in Las Vegas, the second fight with Deontay Wilder, which I think was his career best performance. And also at Wembley um, last April for the Dillian White fight. Um, just talk to me about going to Las Vegas uh, on a fight week. Um, I know the feeling, it's a, it's a completely different buzz that you get over there. Do you think that is the best place for boxing now was your experience in Vegas and then comparing that to the fight at Wembley with Dillian White 90,000 huge gate uh, broke the record in terms of a gate for a fight in Europe I believe so talk to me about those two fights um, that you attended the one in Vegas for Deontay Wilder I also went to uh, Otto Wallin in, in Vegas which was uh, which had some scary moments actually um, but it was unbelievable. It's like something you've never seen for another travelling man also. Like for, for me, it's, it's even bigger than just Tyson Fury knowing that he's also a, 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 a traveller. Um, you know, that, again, that's a, that's a lovely thing to see. I love seeing people succeed, especially my own kind. Um, and for, to watch him beat Deontay Wilder in, in such fashion was, uh, was a spectacular feeling. Like, you know, uh, as, as a traveller is... is, is like, you know, to, I, I know where he's come from. I, I, I understand what he went through, through the amateurs. And it was a beautiful thing to see. And it was also a brilliant social event because there were so many travellers out there from all over the world. Um, and, and he really made a statement that night, didn't he? Like, listen, after the first fight, you know, people was still, you could question John A. Wilder. They drew, he went the distance, put him down in the last round. And I'm quite sure people didn't see it ending that way. And in the third fight they had, I'm quite sure everybody knew that Tyson Fury was going to knock him spark out. And yeah, Fury White at Wembley, 90,000, 94,000 actually. I, it was still, still great. It, it was nice that it was local for me uh, in London. That's always nice, not having to fly away. But also Las Vegas is, 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 is just wow. Isn't it? It's, it's a beautiful place, you know. All the bright lights, the boxing, like you know. I'm sure it was in the MGM, and it's just it's, it's spectacular. It, uh, there's nothing you could do to pop uh, to possibly 
uh, uh, mimic that 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 feeling and experience. Um, and and you know, then the fights that are at home for me are not quite the Vegas feeling, if you like. You know, Vegas doesn't sleep walking through the casinos and, and stuff. Now is very different for me because obviously I don't gamble. But back then, you know, it's it's such a spectacular and beautiful place. Um, and it was also very nice to be there uh, with Dylan White. But the thing is, I went there. I was a little bit on edge with the second fight with with Deontay Wilder. Like I say, I'm sure a lot of people would have been. Um, but with Dylan White, I was quite comfortable that he was going to beat him, um, which he did. Like I'm, I think now I'm I'm very comfortable that he's going to beat anybody. I don't think there's anybody you could put in the ring for him. There's just no one to to, to match his size, ability, skill, how he can move. Um, but yeah, it's the. For me and and this age generation, there's no fights I would have preferred to have gone to. Um, I'd like to have been out at the third Deontay Wilder fight with um, with Deontay Wilder and and Tyson Fury, but still, it was a very good night. I actually watched it with uh, uh, the Matchroom lot in 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 Liverpool. Uh, uh, in Liverpool, I never forget that night. I was actually boxing the following week. It was after Fowler and Liam Smith on the same night and they managed to put it on a big screen which was still still quite nice for me um but yeah like Tyson Fury's had, had, had a big impact on my life like especially through boxing you know he's, he's done the impossible and and his story is amazing last one on Tyson Fury just give me a, a prediction for his fight with Alexander Usyk if it happens we're believing that it will happen uh, very soon in April um what happens in Fury v Usyk I'm very confident that Tyson Fury's going to knock him out. Uh, I think a lot of people would say that. It's very easy to be an armchair critic and say this is going to happen, that's going to happen, anything can happen in boxing. But my own opinion would be that he's going to knock him out for sure. Like I didn't, It would not come as a surprise at me. And listen, there's no doubt in my mind uh, that, that he's going to win. You talked about how proud you are of Tyson Fury as you're from the same community and what he's done for the sport and travelling people. Um, someone else who we've got to mention, um, two-weight world champion Billy Joe Saunders, who looks like he's actually going to return or he's talking about a return. But, yeah, I mean, he's left behind, even if he does retire tomorrow, an incredible legacy. Um, some amazing nights Billy Joe ha has had. The Lemieux night in Canada, Andy Lee, that win was spectacular. Um, obviously was giving Canelo a good fight up until the stoppage. Um, but, yeah, talk to me about your thoughts on, on Billy Joe Saunders and what he's done for the travelling community as well. I actually knew of Billy Joe before I knew of Tyson Fury, actually. Um, I remember Billy Joe going into the Olympics. I was, I was only very young at the time. I was actually devastated when he got uh, knocked out. And I've followed his professional boxing career all the way through. I think he's done extremely well and it's very easy for armchair critics to sit and criticise him. When in reality, there's not. I'd say he's one of the best skillful boxers that England's ever produced. And also, I believe he was beating Canelo right up until the point that that he got stopped. And once again, it's very easy to sit behind the screen and say, "I would have done this. I would have done that. I would have fought here. I would have fought to the to the end." Well, when you're in a corner and you've got a minute to make a decision which could have a serious impact on your health, I think it's a very difficult decision to make. I don't think that's easy. It's, it's, uh, well, of course, of course. You know, who, who wants to go blind for the rest of their life? There's no amount of money 
um, that 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 a lot more serious injuries have happened, and and you're not in there with with uh, uh, someone with no experience. You're in there with Canelo Alvarez, and I do believe that the fight could get made again. Um, and I'd be very, very upset not to see him in the ring because I've always liked Billy Joe uh, uh, as a boxer. I think he's brilliant. He's, 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 he's so beautiful to watch in the ring. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, um, and, and there was just so much more to go at. Like, you know, people are oh, Billy Joe, uh, uh, Canelo, uh, Billy Joe Golovkin. Billy Joe could have boxed. Uh, there are numerous amounts of people. What about the fight with uh, Bubo Andrade? There's just so many more avenues for him to go down. That, that you know, losing to Canelo is, is nowhere near the end of the road. I'm sure that there's loads more, and I couldn't name them because I don't really follow many people that have boxed him. I don't suppose, but you know, it's, it's not the end of the road for so many others. Um, but yeah, like I say, he's, 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 what what is what what Billy Joe's done speaks for itself. And once again, in this being a, a, another travelling man. For me, is 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 unbelievable. Obviously, I'm going to support my own kind. I want to see everybody's success, but you know, I'll probably edge towards my own kind, which I think is uh, fair to say. Last one, just before we wrap up, please. Um, I don't think boxing's ever been so competitive from a business point of view. You now have Sky um, still going strong, BT Sport, Dizona, you know investing heavily in boxing. We've got ESPN, Showtime, um, Fox in America. Um, it's a very, very competitive market. I just want to get your thoughts on more the, the, the UK market because we've got, you know, Ben Shalom with Sky Sports, Frank Warren with BT Sports and Eddie Earn with DAZN. Um, those guys as, as businessmen, your thoughts on them and, and the current market in the UK? Well, I think boxing in the UK is booming. I think it's, it's, it's booming globally. Um, and they're obviously doing an extremely good job. I'd never really heard of Ben Shalom until he took over Sky uh, before that. And you've got to give a little bit of thanks to also the small all promoters that are bringing fighters up and giving them a chance. You know, not everybody gets to fight on a um, on, on such a big stage. Sometimes you have to fight your way up. Um, yeah, I think you've got to give a, a massive thanks to the to the small all promoters. They do not get showed enough appreciation because obviously they haven't got the exposure of the likes of Eddie Earn and um, the likes of Eddie Earn, Frank Warren on BT Sports and, and, and Ben Shalom. I think Ben Shalom's yet to prove himself. It's very difficult to say uh, where he's going to be and what he's going to do. Um, you can't give him the, the credit that I could give to um, Frank Warren. And, and, and Eddie Earn, of course. Eddie Earn's done great things. You know, DAZN is, is, is brilliant. It's like the Netflix of boxing. When I heard about it, I'm sure we all knew that there was going to be a price increase from £2. But, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't phase me. I was quite happy to pay that anyway, you know. But still, he's done some brilliant things. He's got shows going on all over the world. It's spectacular what he's doing. I think Eddie has... Uh, uh, I think he's going to go down as one of the greatest promoters that England's ever seen. Frank Warren, obviously, that speaks for itself. Frank Warren's also promoted very from very good fights from before my time. The credit goes to him. And listen, a credit to Ben Shalom for getting in the position that he's got himself in. I imagine it's not an easy place to be in the public eye of, of these boxing armchair critics. And they are uh, ruthless. Um, you know, and uh, it's not easy. But like I say, I think uh, there's also got to be an equal amount of credit to go to the small uh, 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 promoters that are bringing these fighters, uh, bringing these good fighters up. That the fighters 
do not get the privilege or, or do not get recognised until they fight their way through the system, if you like. Um, but yeah, I think boxing's massive, and obviously you've got to take into consideration the American uh, the American promoters, i.e., top rank. They've done extremely good again. Like you know, the, the history speaks for itself. Um, and I think boxing's only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Like uh, it's getting more recognised. Well, it's always been recognised. Don't get me wrong, but you know, fights are getting easier to to sell out. There's more companies want to um, get involved with boxing now. Um, like I, I believe in the future, I think it would be nearly uh, nearly as big as football. Some of these big fights, I'd say, are like how, how many for how in in the fight with Tyson Fury and Dylan White was that the biggest in England? Biggest ticket gate in Europe for a fight ever. Biggest ticket gate, and that was in Tottenham Hotspurs, uh, Tottenham oh, Hotspurs, Wembley. Wembley. And obviously, as you'd be well aware, did they sell out every seat in Wembley? They. 94,000 people were there, so I don't know what it holds. Well, I'd, li I'd like to do my research and find out what it holds, but the thing is, as as I'm sure you're aware, there's seats on the pitch. Mm. So there'd be more there than at a football game, and Wembley's obviously probably one of the one of the biggest in England, football stadium-wise. Yeah, so, yeah, look, look, look what it's achieving. Um, is It'd be nice to have a look back through history and, and see where it was then. But, you know, boxing's getting mentioned. A lot more fighters are getting recognised and, and, and that's bringing a lot of money to, to the sport. And you've got to thank the promoters and obviously the fighters that are putting their life and their neck on the line to entertain people. I think uh, apart from MMA, which is relatively big in England, but, you know, boxing is, is, is the last Queensbury gladiator sport, isn't it? Which is, is, is a brilliant thing, brilliant thing and very entertaining thing to watch for me and like I say I've got a massive passion I love boxing and I want to see it go all the way for me it's, it's, it's the only sport that really matters I'm not interested in football at all well I've thoroughly enjoyed that Alfie um, thank you very much for your time just to end this um, from what I've heard today it seems like there's three key things that make you uh, I'm sure there's more because uh, I've only really got to know you through this but well now religion is one, business, which has always been there, and of course, boxing. So to end, I just want you to talk to me about how you believe, if it has, I'm sure it has, how boxing has helped you in your business life. It teaches you discipline and determination, and boxing is not, not a forgiving sport. You know, if you do not train, if you do not, uh, put the effort in if you do not diet right it shows on the night it's not very forgiving whatsoever and neither is life life's not very forgiving um, but you know to, to teach you determination and discipline uh, is, is two key things to take you very far in life and boxing teaches you both of them things um, uh, uh, in, if, if you haven't got those two things in boxing then I'd imagine that it's going to be extremely very difficult to get anywhere and I think if you haven't got discipline determination and persistence in life then it's also going to be extreme then you've got to rely on luck Alfie once again thank you very much for your time best of luck in your camp out of your fight uh, in April uh, make sure you go and check Alfie out on Instagram Alfie underscore best that's the one I remembered it and uh, yeah hopefully uh, grab a word with you on camera very soon Sports Social Podcast Network it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.